Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. If you could open your Bibles with us to John chapter 2. Today we begin our series, our seven-week series on miracles. And tomorrow, we begin our prayer and fasting. And really hoping that majority of you would be able to join us or to participate. You know, for your own walk with God and for the walk of your own family. We pray that it would be a moment that the Lord will meet with you as you pray and fast uh, together with us. At the same time, we're believing God for this year to be indeed be a year of miracles as we do several series on miracles. Believing God for His greater work in each of our lives. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Verse 6. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, for the, um, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee. And manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Lord, our prayer is that you would also manifest these miraculous signs in our midst. And that we would believe in you. We would continue to believe in you. Our faith in you will grow. And you will cause the people around us to believe in you. Lord, let that be our story this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we, most of you have already gotten your, uh, what do you call that? Your prayer and fasting manuals. Tama po ba? You've had? I hope so. And as we think through these prayer and fasting manuals, um, as we spend the next five days fasting and praying and believing God for a breakthrough in our lives, believing God for miracles of wisdom, of guidance, of protection, of provision, of healing, you know, and uh, miracles of salvation for our families, uh, we're excited to journey with you because beyond these five days will be the whole year of just believing God for signs, wonders, and miracles for each of our families. I love how Bishop Jurey Mora put it. You know, when usually towards the third quarter of the previous year, we spend the time to just seek God. Our bishops' council, our executive team come together and we seek God together for His direction for the following year. And part of the direction has been to really enter into a season of a greater experience of God's miracles, of the supernatural, of the work of God in our lives because it's meant to be part of our reality now. We're we live in the kingdom of heaven or in the kingdom of God. And as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, miracles are a reality on a daily basis. Would you be willing to live in that? Would you be willing to believe God for that? Would you be willing to expect miracles 
every single day. Now, I understand. Some of us are thinking about miracles in that big, instantaneous, fantastic, you know, uh, ridiculous way. You know, it just happens like, it's almost like a, a million pesos would fall into your lap from heaven with a, with a message that says, Anak, I love you. Yeah, something like that. Or, you know, you, you, sometimes those are the types of miracles that we're looking for and we're believing for. But in reality, miracles are happening around us every single day. And it's up to us, being citizens of the kingdom, to be able to recognize that's exactly how my father works. This is part of me living in the kingdom and I can get to experience miracles every day. Now, over the next seven weeks, we'll discuss different facets of what it means to experience God's miracles. By ibang aspects, we'll ask questions like, what is, what's the purpose of the miracle in the first place? Why, does it, why, why, why do some miracles happen and why do some miracles don't that we're praying for? What is the role of faith in miracles? How does God make decisions when it comes to releasing a miracle or not? Well, that part we might not be able to really answer best well because that's really up to God. But then what sort of miracles could we expect from God that He will do in our lives? How can we begin to walk in it more and more? These and other questions we would like to be able to go through for this year. So as we talked, as we said, no, be realistic, expect miracles every day. Specifically po, ngayon taon, we're going to have around five different series on miracles. We're going to explore the miracles in John. That's what we're doing now. Miracles in the Gospel of John. We're going to talk about the miracles in Acts, in Exodus. We're going to talk about God's provision miracles. We're going to talk about felt need miracles. Talking about the, the way that Jesus would meet the needs of people and enter into the world and just release a, you know, His intervention and do something wonderful and miraculous in their lives. So part of that, and we'd like to give this to you now, is would you be willing to journey with us this year and say, God, I want to expect miracles every day. Would you increase my faith? Would you help me understand what miracles are so that I would recognize them when they do happen? Lord, would you, would you cause my family to experience these miracles too? And Lord, allow us to walk in the supernatural and experience more of you. All right. With that, let's go back to the passage, John chapter 2, the very first of Jesus' miraculous signs in the Gospel of John. Now, overview, in the Gospel of John, the apostle would mention at least seven miraculous signs. He'd actually call them miraculous signs or signs. These are, and you know, we understand that when, when, when you say signs, it means an indication of something else. It means it's pointing to something else. It's a distinction that defines that this is different from the rest. That's a sign. It's a mark. It's something that distinguishes you. So apparently, each of these miraculous signs had a role in Jesus' ministry. And that is what will, that's the question we'll answer today. What is the purpose of a miracle? What is the purpose of miracles in general? And we'll go to the very first of Jesus' miraculous signs as recorded by the Apostle John. Verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, Pastor Jerry and I, you know, he did two weddings this week. <laughs> just this past week, no? Uh, and both of them in San Juan, Batangas. 
I mean, that's a beautiful place pala talaga. So he went there on Tuesday and then him and, uh, him and I, uh, we, um, we went there last Thursday also to, to do another wedding in the afternoon. It's a beautiful thing. Weddings are beautiful. You want everything to work well. In this particular wedding, something, something which was like, this, this is catastrophic to a wedding for something like this to happen. The next verse says, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. In the NIV, it says there they have no more wine. In a wedding ceremony, it's part of the overflowing, you know, provisions. And uh, weddings in their days, usually uh, in, in their time, usually take days. And, you know, the, at the point is the food and then the wine, that should not run out. And then, here's the situation. It's a dire situation. They have no more wine. This dire situation asked for a miracle. You can't get that much wine immediately. You know, in, you know just that uh, easily accessible. You, you, you know, it, it, if it runs out, then it runs out. And then you're in a place now for the family to experience so much shame in front of the guests. This dire situation asked for a miracle. You know, often we're asking God for miracles, but recognize this. Would you be willing to also go through the dire situation that would necessitate for a miracle. A miracle is like super, uh, God's supernatural intervention into our situations. Whether that be he changes the laws of nature, He changes you internally, He just, uh, you know, we, He just works something out in the eyes of the people or in your heart, or He heals you, or He causes you to be alive again after being dead for a while, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. It's a full range of miracles. And usually they come when they're really needed. Which means, which means, our dire situations, if you're in a dire situation right now, I pray that you would be encouraged because it means God is about, you're in a place that you could actually believe God to be able to do something great in your life. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So Jesus is at the brink of opening his public ministry before the people. And he says, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I like that because Mary understands or knows who Jesus is. He knows all the way from the nativity. And now he recognizes also his son's compassion. And this being a possible strategic moment for Jesus to intervene. He also knows Jesus' power, ability, you know, a supernatural ability to be able to intervene. And then he and she comes in. Sorry, I keep using he, no? Mahirap talaga sa Pinoy yung distinction ng he and she. But Mary now, Mary now extends, extends the opportunity and asks Jesus if he could do something. And then anticipating that, she tells the servants, oh, do whatever he tells you, ah. Do whatever he tells you. Now, there were six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. Here you see a dire situation and Jesus enabling the people who would be part of the miracle to participate in it. I'd like to bring that back to you now. You have a dire situation. You're asking Jesus to intervene. You're asking God to intervene with a miracle. How far are you willing to go 
to participate in that miracle? Would you be willing to continue to be in faith till that miracle is released? Would you be willing to do whatever He tells you? I know of people that in a situation where they have not, they don't have anything anymore, it's even a place of generosity, a time of generosity. It's almost like coming to God and uh, it's, it's, it's coming to God and saying, Lord, no, we are in need, but we have some. And God, the thing that I'm believing for, I won't be able to produce on my own. But Lord, as you've instructed me, I'm willing to even be generous because this generosity could even be the way for your miracle to come into my life. Bilang in a moment, in a dire situation, this person was willing to do whatever God told him in order to see the miracle work of God. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. They took it finally to the master of the feast. So big questions. Are you in a dire situation? It may be a setup for God's great move in your life. And will you, will you be willing to do whatever He tells you? Bawat isa po sa atin may mga kanya-kanyang sitwasyon. Some of them are, are really difficult. It's, it's, uh, it's either it's life-threatening or it can be life-changing. Others naman, it's just trivial. It's just that we're really affected even with little waves in our lives. Okay? But whichever way you might be in that spectrum, would you be willing to involve Jesus in your situation and will you be willing to do whatever He tells you? Now, Jesus began to move in a powerful way and the first result of the miracle was that the people's need was met. That's what happened. We see that in verse 9. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. When Jesus steps in to your life to be able to do something supernatural, it will be undeniable and excellent. Undeniable, that means like, ay grabe. Oo nga, ubus na talaga eh. Tapos biglang nangyari talaga to. Whoa, it's undeniable. You're right. And it is excellent. It's not haphazard. It's not something that's like just a little. It's like almost like God wants to astound you with who He is. With a revelation of who He is in your life. Remember, the miracle is a sign. And in this moment, Jesus is revealing himself to the people. And the miracle was undeniable. The miracle, it met the people's need. But the second result of the miracle was that Jesus manifested his glory and the disciples believed. And if I may say this, this is probably the primary purpose for the miracles. Now I understand, Jesus wants to, Jesus is compassionate. And He wants to be able to meet people's needs. But there's a greater reason and a purpose for why He wants to be able to meet your needs. He wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants you to know that you are seen. You are heard. Your situation is not hidden from God. And He is compassionate towards you. And He wants to help you and He wants to reveal Himself as your Father. He wants to reveal Himself as your provider. He wants to reveal Himself to you as your healer. He wants to make this relationship even more personal with you. That's the primary purpose of the miracles. 
He wants to be able to reveal His glory, that you would get a better glimpse, a better idea of who He is in your life. And that glimpse, hopefully, would be able to turn your doubts around. Hopefully, that, that glimpse would be able to turn your apprehensions around. And that in that moment, in this moment, you would believe. This, the first of His signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested His glory and His disciples believed in Him. The first of His signs. As we go through the following weeks, we'll take a look at each one of His signs, of the signs, of the miraculous signs. You'll notice a different facet of Jesus being revealed. You'll notice a different aspect of His character being revealed. You'll notice that, oh, so these signs cumulatively result in the conclusion of the book of John, chapter 20 and 21, where he says, These were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. This first sign, Jesus manifested His glory. That word glory, and I appreciate Pastor Ian and I in our conversation about this. His glory... His glory, especially in the Old Testament, His glory spoke about two things specifically. The weightiness of who He is and then His actual presence revealed to the people in the cloud. The, they call it the Shekinah. You know, when the people would experience God in the Old Testament, they would experience Him in the cloud. It's His Shekinah and the weightiness of His glory, the weightiness of His holiness that resulted in the people you know, revealing Him. Such that those who disrespected His glory died on the spot. And this glory, the glory of the one and only, we see that in John chapter 1. Now dwelling in Jesus, walking on the earth, the glory of the one and only is now being revealed to the people. Jesus is revealing who God is. This Yahweh that the people have been believing in for centuries. Jesus is now revealing this God, making Him personal. This, the Word came, tabernacled, came and dwelt among us so that we might see His glory, the glory of the one and only, full of grace and truth. And Jesus began to manifest His glory in that way and the result was that the people believed in Him. All of that to say that miracles are primarily signs that point to who Jesus is and reveal His glory. I'd like to let that settle in for a while. Miracles are primarily signs that point to who Jesus is. If God is out to have a relationship with mankind, miracles is one of the ways by which He manifests Himself so that you may understand who He is. So that you may understand an aspect of His character. So that you might understand that He is your Father, He's your shepherd. He's your provider. He's your protector. He is wisdom to you. He's the one who, 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 has, who has seen everything that would happen to your life and brings you assurance about the future and so on and so forth. Miracles are primarily signs that point to who Jesus is. So the goal of miracles is for Jesus to be revealed. Now, I'd like to mention a few things. Sa context po ng natin bilang mga Pilipino, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've been, I've lived in the province for a, for a while. Oh well, at least that's where I grew up. And I have seen a lot of miracles happen before my eyes. Yung pong mga espiritista, yung pong mga faith healers, yung mga nagpapagaling. How many of you have encountered those? Now, 
I understand those are, you know, that, that, that I mean, I, I've seen it myself. I'm parang, whoa! I, I was growing up like that and I realized, grabe naman to mga to. I mean, these are, they are miracle working people. But there's something that's lacking. They don't point to Jesus. They just meet the needs of people and now the people look to the person doing the miracle as their savior instead of who Jesus is. The miracles simply resulted in additional idolatry, which in the end does not help anyone. The miracles that God wants to do in your life are meant to point to Jesus. And as you will notice this, we'll be praying for a lot of miracles this year. But you'll, probably, you'll, you'll notice this. It won't necessarily be the pastors all the time. It's going to be you. Because when it's you praying for the miracle, then Jesus gets all the glory. Because you recognize, Lord, I'm not even anywhere near that. I mean, whoa, Lord, and yet you did it. God, whoa, you actually listened to my prayer. One of the very first times, uh, one of the very first times that I encountered a miracle firsthand was uh, when I was, I think, around, let me see, uh, I think around 22, 23 years old. I was in a singles event. Uh, I was part of Victory Taft at the time. That's where I began to serve as a youth pastor. And then we were doing a singles event, uh, Rojas Boulevard, uh, floating restaurant. So we were eating there, and then there was a guy in front of me. I won't mention his name now for privacy, but he, he's a fellow physical therapist, and he, he's now based in Canada. And he was sitting there and he was saying, sakit nga ng likod ko eh. Ah, talaga bro, ano meron? Actually, meron akong scoliosis talaga. Diagnosed ako from before pa. Tapos nitong nakaraan, mas sumasakit siya. Lalo sa likod. Ah, ganun ba? And then Pastor Ado and I were there in front of him. And then we were not necessarily pastors there, I think, at that time. We were just, you know. And, and then we began to pray for, for this guy. His initials are R and RW. Okay, so when we began to pray for this guy, you know, as we were praying, he said, whoa. He, he, he just, hey, whoa. And he said, there was something that was warm at his back. Naramdaman niya raw, sa likod. Ma, ma, mainit. Tapos bilang parang, dumiretso siya ng tayo na ganyan. Tapos I, I actually had a chance. Right after that, he said, hey, my pain is gone. And I actually feel like I could sit up straighter. And you know, in, in, in PT, we, we do a test that you would bend down like that. You'd be able to see the lump on one side. And then that lump was gone. <laughs> You know what I, may, I, I felt at that moment? I took a step back and said, Natakot ako kay Lord. The fear of God came on me in that moment. Because then I realized, Nandito pala talaga kayo, Lord. You're actually here. You heard our prayer. My prayer, me, God. I mean, not, nothing spectacular. We were not even chanting, singing, dancing like that. We were just praying in a normal voice. And then, Lord, you're actually here. The fear of God came on me. That was one of the very first times that I saw a miracle happen right before my eyes. And I realized, Lord, whoa, you hear me. You know what happened to me? God brought me to a deeper relationship with him because I knew then and there he is Emmanuel, God with us. He is with me right now, right here. He does not leave me. He does not forsake me. Jesus manifested an aspect of his glory to me and I believed in him even more. Signs are, miracles are primarily signs that point to who Jesus is and reveal His glory and hopefully the end of that would be you will 
Delhi. This has been the Victory Santarasa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santarasa.